Welcome to Insights, the podcast from Haley Marketing built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. Whether we're talking about marketing trends or what's working right now for staffing and recruiting firms across North America, we're here to share our insights on how you can stand out, stay top of mind, and sell more. Let's get to the show. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we feeling this week, buddy? We're doing well, Brad. How are you? I'm fantastic, Matt, but I do have a question for you. I want to know what you would do in a given situation. Okay. I was at the gym the other day and finished a workout. Totally done. About an hour and a half, let's call it. I'm done. I go into the locker room, as I do to get my bag, get my hoodie, whatever it was. Walk in front of the mirror. My shirt was fully inside out for at least the entire workout, <laughs> an hour and a half. Okay. So t-shirts inside out, tags hanging out, hour and a half. First off, I don't care. It is what it is. It was probably, I work out at six in the morning, so it was early. Okay. Would you, if you saw somebody at the gym with their shirt inside out, would you say something? No. I don't think I would either. It, no, it's not that big a deal. I'm the Where I'm really hung up on this whole story is there's still a tag on your shirt. So... Yeah, maybe I misspoke there. It's like a the printed tag, right? On the back of your shirt. It's not like a, a dangling tag. It was just the printed, you know, mm-hmm. size and all that stuff and how to wash it. Yeah. I was th- I'm sitting there in the locker room though and I was frustrated at first thinking why didn't anyone say anything to me? Because when you go at the same time every day, like you know everybody. And whether or not you talk to everybody every day, it's the same group of like 25 people. So at that point, you know, you're there every day, Monday to Friday for let's call it a year and a half, whatever. Like I know these people, you'd think somebody would be like, Hey dude, like go change your, go flip your shirt the right way. You wouldn't say anything. I guess my answer probably should, if it was like you, yeah, I'd probably say something, but the people just at the gym where I sure. give the the nod or, Hey, how was your weekend? No, probably not. Why? Well, it's not that big a deal. I mean, it's, it's inside out. It's, yeah. you know. I may have thought I may have thought you did that because you didn't do laundry and how about this? How about this? Office you, uh, life. just needed a, the cleaner side of it or something. Need, need another shirt out of the bag. What about this? You're in the office, right? And uh, your buddy in the, at, at the cube next to you has some lettuce in his teeth. You say something about it or do you let it go? Yes. I think you have yeah. to. You have to, right? Yes. Regardless of who it is, if it's the CEO of the company or somebody who just started, it, common decency is to be like, hey, dude, you got to go get that out of your tooth. Yeah, day one or the people that sign our checks, we tell them. Um, this is not black and white at all. Very gray feels like area that. Um, but I like the 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 questions because we weren't probably weren't prepped on this, and I feel like gave you the gut instinct. Yeah, it, it's a it's an interesting conversation of like how at what point do you say something to somebody? Or you're just like, listen, not my circus, not my monkey, and and just kind of keep on with your day. I I'm with you though. I think if you see somebody at the gym, shirts inside out. Hey, bud, keep doing you. Um. Somebody at the office, I think you got to say something. All right, man. Enough witty banter. Let's get to the show, huh? There is an increased need for what's in it for me messaging right now, and I cannot understate that. Matt, when we look at the career portal at Haley Marketing and we look at the sheer number of jobs that are available right now, I know you look at the unemployment index quite a bit. I don't know if you know that offhand. And actually, you probably won't because we're recording this a week or two before this is going to publish, so it's going to change anyway, so disregard that. But we know that pretty much everybody is hiring right now. And we also know 
that there is a huge surge in passive job seekers and active job seekers of everybody pretty much looking for, hey, is the grass greener on the other side? I cannot stress enough the importance of what's in it for me messaging right now with your marketing, with your job board, with your job posts, and here's why. I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit. I saw last week quite a few posts of different individuals in my network at career fairs. Great for them. They're going out there actively recruiting. They're getting after it. Love to see it. What I struggled with, though, is some of the signage, some of the posts that I saw were still very, very generic. Hey, we're hiring. We have jobs available. We have dozens of jobs available in Buffalo, New York. That doesn't speak to me enough as a job seeker to stop at your booth, to stop at your table and come to talk to you. I need to know what's in it for me. What are you going to do for me if I'm a passive job seeker to elevate my career? Or if I'm an active job seeker because I'm unemployed, what are you going to do to get me to work tomorrow? Matt, thoughts? A lot of thoughts. Um, we can look at some data. We still have March data, but I, and this isn't a presentation I actually just did for the Massachusetts Staffing Association. Um, I think people are, it, we're close to almost where we were before the pandemic. Bef- unemployment is 3.6%. I'm sure it changed a little bit for April. Um, the number of people working before the pandemic, 152.5 million. March 2022, 150.9 million. We're close. Um, you know, it's 1.6 million difference. That's not very much, especially when you think March 2021, that number was 144 million. So 6 million people back in the workforce in the last calendar year. Um, labor force participation rate, you know, people that are eligible that can go to work, 62% in March 2022, 63% in February 2020, getting close. Um, people are going back to work. Your point about what's in it for me holds even more true when we look at the numbers, because if there's still a surplus of jobs and we're getting closer to the number of people working that we were before the pandemic, if there's a lot of open jobs, there's increased competition. So what can you do? I mean, what's in it for me is a blog post I wrote in 2019, the ultimate guide to job descriptions. And it's never going to change. One of the the true principles and tenets of the show carry through all the time, right? What's your content do? What's your audience want for content? What's in it for me in job postings? I'm sure there's some others, but that's what really needs to stand out to get someone to apply to your job because there's so many choices. Your candidates don't care that you have two dozen open job orders. They simply do not care. They care that they're looking at their weekly paycheck and they're wondering how they can make another hundred bucks a week. 200 bucks a week. They're wondering how they can afford a better Christmas. They're wondering how they can afford a better vacation next year. They don't care that you have dozens of open job orders. They care about how you can help them, how you can make them feel, how you can elevate their career, elevate them to the next stage of their career, or if they're unemployed, how you can simply put them back to work. We need to, in everything that we do right now, think about what's in it for me. And when I say that, it's not what's in it for you, the listener. It's flipping that to what's in it for me, the candidate on the other end of every single thing that you do. And that comes all the way from your job descriptions, your phone calls to candidates, your email exchanges with candidates, your your hiring process and your onboarding process. What's in it for me? How can you make this as easy and efficient as possible? But also, how can you take my career to the next level? If I'm scrolling Facebook mindlessly while I watch the Chicago White Sox, who absolutely stink right now. And I see your Facebook post about your available job opportunities. What's going to get me to apply? 
What's going to entice me to stop what I'm doing, give you my attention and say, you know what? Yeah, this is right for me. Especially if I'm a passive job seeker, especially if I'm doing okay. And I'm thinking, Hey, maybe I do want to take this risk because another, you know, hundred bucks a week goes a long way in my household. Living in my director of recruitment marketing seat, I think it's easier for knowledge worker jobs than traditional staffing jobs. But I always like to go back to this example, the, the advanced group, um, Northwest Ohio, Southeast Michigan do a fantastic job in the first sentence or two of their job postings on their website to talk about the what's in it for me. And I'll give three examples. Warehouse job. Are you looking for a schedule that allows you to start your weekend early? That's right. Finish the week on Thursday. Job number two, forklift. Would you like to be a part of the team at a fast growing manufacturing company in Inkster? Overtime available. Job three, Administrative assistant, join a professional firm with unheard of benefits such as unlimited PTO, catered lunches multiple times per week, modern workspaces, and so much more. Three different jobs, three very different what's in it for me examples, especially the two warehouse jobs, industrial jobs. One, work Monday to Thursday, see you on Monday. The other one, want to work more than 40 hours a week? We have that for you. Two very different options that you allow the candidate to select when applying for that job. I love that. I love that it's it's custom to the job. It's not canned. Now, yes, they might say, you know, they might have a list of 10 things that you can say if you're posting a forklift job. I get that. But job to job, it's unique. It's different. Forklift operators who possibly want to earn overtime say, hey, I want to work 60 hours this week because I'm trying to front load money for a vacation. Great. Do it. We're here to help you. People that only want to work Monday to Thursday, even better. I have a client out of Lehigh Valley who lets candidates pick when they want to work. Love it. Let's compete with Uber Eats and Grubhub. Let's do that because otherwise people are going to go to those organizations to work when they want to and how they want to. We need to tailor our messaging to the candidate. We cannot just mail in another job description. We can't just have a very easy, hey, apply now, make some money, feel good. We have 100 jobs available. Apply now. I don't care. Your candidates don't care. What's in it for them? What's in it for every single person who is reading the messaging that you put out? There's a great book called Writing Without Bullshit, and I absolutely love it. Um, who wrote that? One more time. Let me let me pull it up real quick, Matt. Writing Without... I want to just give them credit. I'm doing it fast. If you're listening to the podcast, this is me scrambling to Google search. It's by Josh Burnoff, and he has what he calls the iron imperative of writing, which is to treat the reader's time and attention as more valuable than your own. We need to do that with everything that we do when it comes to candidates. Their time is more important than your time, is more valuable than your time. At least we need to treat it as such. So if everything that we do from a messaging standpoint speaks to the candidate, gets them to apply how they want, gets them to act how they want, they understand what's in it for them then we're going to start to see more conversions, which Matt is always talking about on Insights. Matt, I'm going to give you the chance to wrap it up here. If we think about what's in it for me messaging when it comes to marketing, even just standard messaging to candidates, phone calls, uh, emails, whatever it is, get us out of here, man. What do you think? Always think about who's on the other end of that message. It's, It's not your recruiter. It's not your client. It's not you. It's the candidate if we're talking about recruitment marketing. And really focus on what do they want to hear and it can be a little challenging to maybe figure that out. So do some research. Talk to the employees you have on you know on assignment. 
talk to people you've hired recently, maybe people that have left, however you can gather that information to, to really find out what they want and what's in it for them and don't assume that's, that's the best way to, to learn and to craft that message the right way. Might have some homework for people. And I, I just kind of thought about this. I know I told you to wrap it up, but let's end with a little homework assignment here. Go to your career portal, go to your job board, pull up three to five jobs and count how many times you say we and how many times you say you. Is your job description you focused? Is it towards the candidate? Is it speaking about how you can elevate your career? Or is it we focused and what you're looking for as an organization? Is it self-serving in the sense of we need this? We're looking for a candidate who can do X, Y, Z and pre-qualifying? Or is it you focused? You will earn up to, you will do this. You will have the opportunity to. Take care of that homework assignment. And if anything, hopefully that sparks some ideas into how you can have more what's in it for me messaging in every single thing that you do as we venture deeper into 2022. Matt, let's talk Rockstar Marketing. If you're new to the show, Rockstar Marketing is a segment that we talk about on Insights where we bring ideas and examples from outside staffing and recruiting from leading sports, entertainment, and the largest online marketplaces to staffing and recruiting so that we can just share fun marketing ideas that staffing and recruiting firms can deploy from, well, hey, outside the industry. This week's example comes from Bird Dogs. If you're unfamiliar with Bird Dogs, they're direct-to-consumer shorts and pants uh, that, honestly, I just bought and I love. Matt, I don't know if you own any Bird Dogs yet. I own two pairs now. I'm going to probably buy two more. They're fantastic. They are super comfy. Uh, they have the built-in liner too, so they're they're you know great for golf. They're great for if you want to go to the gym, things like that. Super super comfortable. A um, little bit expensive, but you get what you pay for. And when you think about bird dogs, and the example that I have here, much like any sort of direct to consumer um, purchase, their product packaging is very unique to them. Think through any sort of like Hello Fresh or uh, direct like box subscription things that come to your house. They're always branded for that organization. They're very bright. Um, Bird Dogs shows up in an orange box, giant logo on the top of it. When you get it, you feel good about having it. But what I love about the packaging is as soon as you open it up, not only are your shorts there, which is great to see a, a product show up that you ordered, the right size, the right fit, everything that you want, but the package in the box is loaded with testimonials. So as soon as you open it up, there's testimonials all over the product packaging and theirs because they're a fun, unique brand are funny. Um, you know, one of them says these are compression shorts. I'm sorry. These aren't compression shorts. These are a Monet where it counts. Another one on the side and they actually tagged Andrew in this. It says, uh, this is actually kind of making fun of bird dogs. It says, am I the only one that found these exact same liner shorts on Amazon for 20 bucks? So they're kind of poking fun at themselves to, to understand that, hey, these aren't the same things. Um, let's see. I can pull up the graphic here. Bird dog pants, a friendship that lasts from Clayton. What I love about this is that they're integrating their testimonials into the product packaging. And when we think about what we can do for staffing and recruiting, it's understanding that your testimonials can be so much more than just an asset that lives on Google as an asset that lives on Glassdoor, as an asset that lives on Facebook. Your reviews are unique to you, much like your candidate and client database. What are you doing with them to leverage them a little bit further to increase and strengthen your brand when you reach out to prospects, when you reach out to potential candidates, 
when you reach out to individuals who are doing business with you for the first time, how are you using your testimonials to strengthen and solidify your brand to those organizations and to those individuals? Matt, what do you think? I have two thoughts here. One, love the testimonial usage because it builds trust, builds credibility. You know, I may trust you, podcast partner Brad Biley, might trust 100 other people a little more just because strength in numbers, you know, data. If you tell me something's great, but then 100 people tell me it's good, not good, you know, we'll, we'll evaluate that. The other one I'm thinking about here, especially with these clothing companies that are really building a community. And that's what I can see these testimonials doing. It's building a brand. Another one I can think of is like Homefield Apparel. They do a really good job with college sports gear. Um, their Twitter presence, I'm sure their Instagram too, is just crazy. They build great excitement when they release a new product every couple days or every week. And that's where I think the, the testimonials build this little community of, hey, Brad just got a new pair of shorts. He bought two of them. Most of the testimonials that came through were good. You know, they weren't perfect. Like we've always said, it's better to be like a 4.8 than a 5.0 because the 5.0 isn't as believable. And now he's getting to be in tune with the brand and he's buying two more pairs because he likes the product. They have good product marketing and they have they have a, a growing customer that they're repeat selling, which is the easiest way to make it an additional sale. So two thoughts there and, and really good points. The first is community. Yes, these, these direct-to-consumer brands are a strong, strong community. When you venture out and instead of going to Old Navy for a pair of shorts and say, listen, I'm going to pay $75 for a pair of bird dogs, that's a lot of money, right? Like I'm, I'm not here to mm-hmm. knock the fact that I can get a pair of shorts at Old Navy for six bucks to go golfing. Like they're, they're expensive shorts. Well, maybe not anymore. Right? Sure. They're expensive. Inflation takes. Right. <laughs> not on this podcast, but Matt Lozar has the takes. No, but when you do finally decide to say, listen, I am going to try these out. You need to be wowed. You need to be wowed. Otherwise I'll never buy another pair. Much like a candidate finally deciding to say, listen, I am going to work with Matt's staffing firm. I'm going to take that risk. I'm going to take that plunge. I have to be wowed. I need to be wowed or I'm going to go somewhere else, or I'm not going to work with you at all. We need to win that first battle. And, and I think that that's a, a nice correlation there of saying, okay, whether you're buying shorts or you're working with a service organization, associ- um, yeah, organization's fine. You need to be wowed and you need to have that trust and grow that trust so that now, much like I'm talking about these shorts that I want Matt to buy for golf and I want our other you know friends of the program to buy for golf because they're light and they're easy to wear. I'm a brand ambassador now indirectly. We want people to be that for your staffing firm. We don't want them to have a negative experience with you the first time they meet you. And now they're telling people, I never work with Matt Staffing Firm. We want the exact opposite. Two, you started talking about just integrating more testimonials, I believe. And I think we absolutely need to do that, right? When we have, maybe it's on business cards. Maybe it's on your print collateral. Maybe it's on your trade show booths. Instead of saying that you're hiring and filling dozens of job orders, why don't we show testimonials. Why don't we bring a computer that flashes testimonial after testimonial after testimonial? Instead of saying we have three dozen job orders that need to be filled and making it all about you, why don't we show three dozen testimonials and give candidates or three dozen reasons to work with you? Let's flip that logic. Let's flip that script so that people have to work with you because of how you treat them, how you make them feel. Again, candidates don't care that you have a hundred job orders to fill. You care about that. 
they care about what you can do for them. And testimonials are a great way to show them what you can do for them. I had an idea. I'm not usually the idea guy in this podcast. When you talked about trade show booths, business cards, et cetera, collateral, put a QR code on there and take the QR code to a testimonial. And if you're really slick, you can keep updating that QR code with new testimonials. If you're, you're on the back end, you can have that literal QR code and just however you have it in your assets, just change the URL or change the content on that page to keep it fresh. Wow. I haven't done that in a while. Love that idea. I, um, so last year, I haven't been out speaking yet in 2022, but when I was at the Colorado Staffing Association, I spoke for the National Insurance Recruiters Association. I spoke at, um, let's just use those two as examples. My last slide was a giant QR code that asked for feedback on the talk. And it wasn't, hey, rate me, tell me how I'm doing, making it me, me, me. Instead, it was, I'm slated to give this talk more in 2022, and I want to know how I can make it better for other individuals in staffing and recruiting. What did you love? What would you change? The percentage of individuals who applied, or not applied, who actually filled that out was like 30%. Uh, I think I ended up getting 35 reviews at Colorado, and I think I got the same you know, 30 or 40 at, at Naira, which was great for, for feedback on the talk, great for testimonials that we can use at Haley Marketing. Loved it. Matt's exactly right. How are you gathering testimonials? Are you looking at people and saying, hey, can you please go to Google, search our business name. When you see it on the right-hand side, click on leave a review and then do it. And because no one's going to do that. First off, it's too many steps. Or do you have a QR code? People know how to use QR codes now because we couldn't touch menus for two years. So now everyone knows how to use them. Let's leverage them for our business. Matt, I want to get us out of here. When we think about rockstar marketing and we think about this lesson from Bird Dogs, it's integrating your testimonials more strategically with every single thing that you are doing. Your testimonials do not need to just be another asset that live on Glassdoor, Facebook, or Google. Those are assets that you should be using for your brand. They should live on your website. They should be in your email signature. They can be on your business cards. They can be on your print collateral. They should be on a computer at trade shows or at career fairs. When you reach out to people, they should be in your email signature. When you are trying to convince a candidate or a prospect to work with you, they should be integrated into your messaging as case stories. Hey, we helped individuals just like you. Here's what Matt had to say about the experience. We need to double down on these testimonials because, and I've said it multiple times on this episode, candidates don't care that you have 100 open job orders. They care about what you can do for them today. And testimonials are a great way of stressing what's in it for that individual. Matt, let's talk recruitment marketing. We had talked about overpaying on clicks and applications. And as you look at the data from throughout the industry, it's becoming a concern of yours that, frankly, people are overpaying. Matt, I want you to give us sort of the high-level overview of what it means to overpay on clicks and applications. And then give us your, your declaration here, man. Tell us what it is that we should be doing and tell us how we can be better here. We see a lot of data when we're managing you know a couple million dollars in job revenue here in our department every for a year and you know dozens of clients we see a lot of good data and bad data and one example of the bad data coming through is overpaying for clicks and applications what do i mean by that here's an example looking at data for a company that hires caregivers they're up in the pacific northwest and that's two really challenging um, things to do there. It's it's the Pacific Northwest, which is really competitive for salary. And it's also caregivers, which we need more caregivers and there's not a lot of them. These companies on Indeed, um, healthy budget, aggressive budget. We started working with them in March and a trend really started to emerge where we saw that they were overpaying for, for applications. What do I mean by that? 
their conversion rate stayed exactly the same no matter what the cost per click means. So what does that mean? That means for 100 clicks, they are getting about 11% of those clicks to turn into applications. So 11 applications out of 100, not bad. Um, no matter what we paid for the click, their conversion rate stayed the same. Here's the example. If they were paying $2.30 per click, they were getting about 11% conversion rate. If they were paying $1.50 per click, they were getting about 11% conversion rate. That combination shows us we're overpaying for clicks and overpaying for applications. When your conversion rate stays exactly the same and you're just increasing or decreasing your cost per click based on your budget to jobs, your jobs to budget ratio, that's a challenge. And that's something you really need to evaluate to make sure you aren't overpaying for clicks, you aren't overspending with your budget. So if you're sitting here listening, thinking, I don't want to overspend, no one wants to overspend for anything, whether it's a loaf of bread or it's job applications, no one wants to overspend on anything. Do you have someone on your team who can analyze this data? Do you have someone on your team who can champion this initiative? Or are you just throwing thousands of dollars at a career board at a, at a site like Indeed or ZipRecruiter? Are you just throwing money because you need applications? Or do you have somebody who can strategically look at that data? Matt, my assumption is most organizations do not have somebody who is strategically looking at that on a day-to-day basis. Am I wrong in that logic? They might have, you're probably right. They might have somebody looking at it. I think the challenge is if you don't have a handle of what's a good cost per click or what's a bad cost per click, that's the challenge. Like a company might see, okay, we're getting 11% conversions. We just have to pay $2.30 per click just because we're in a competitive geographic market. We're in a competitive industry. The combination of that, you know, makes that exponentially difficult. I just might not know that. The, the the knowledge comes in for that person you can trust on your team is do they know what to look for to maybe lower that? Like if we lowered our budget or if we sponsored more jobs, the trend here for this company is when we sponsored more than 150 jobs, their cost per click was much better. They received uh, 60% more applications and their cost per application went down 40%. So for them, they needed to increase their job count to over 150 and that's when their cost per click went down by 30, 40%. So if you need to be able to try different strategies and know which strategies to try, to try and to look for, for this perfect example, if the budget increased or decreased, their conversion rate stayed exactly the same. That's a really good takeaway. Look at your conversion rate. If you start spending more or if you start spending less, if you start sponsoring more jobs, fewer jobs, whatever combination you want to try, look at that conversion rate and compare it to your cost per click. If those start getting a little out of whack, or like in this example, conversion rate stay exactly the same, no matter what we paid for the cost per click. Let's do the strategy that helps us get the lower cost per click. Matt, if someone's listening right now and they just need a little help, they're not sure how to evaluate these numbers, they're not sure how to get started, they they certainly don't want to overspend, but they don't know how to look at the dashboard, they don't know where to look for the numbers. How can they get a hold of you? How can they get a hold of your team at Haley? What can people do if they just want to chat? Reach out to me on LinkedIn. I will look at your data. We will look at your data on our team. Reach out to us at recruitmentmarketers.com. Free of charge? Send us a message through. Con- sure. I'll look at it for 15 minutes. We'll do anything quickly. Um, if you send me a spreadsheet of data, we'll know pretty quick. Um, 
go over to HaleyMarketing.com, contact us page, navigate around through there. So um, however you want to go through, just look at us. Uh, we'll look at anything real quick. Um, talk about your recruiting challenges overall as well. It's not just job advertising. It could be job titles, job postings, the what's in it for me that we talked about in segment one. Um, your branding, like Brad talked about a lot in segment two. It's it's all those different pillars of recruitment marketing with your career site, your job advertising, your social recruiting, and your employer branding. Um, and then the fifth one, marketing automation that we're we're starting to to add to the team here with with Jeff Stats from our chief marketing officer. So um, important, reach out to us. I think it's important because a lot of times you hear, you know, companies are desperate for candidates. We know that everywhere. Um, and the instinct can be, hey, we got to pay throw more money at this problem when we just need to throw, we just need to be smarter with our money on the problem. So hey, you got yourself a great offer from Matt and the team here on the recruitment marketing team at Haley Marketing. If you have questions about what you're spending, what your cost per click, what your cost per application is, Matt's willing to offer a, a little 15 minute consulting call or a data review. I think that's a great offer. And don't just go it alone. Don't think, hey, we're spending this much money. We need to continue spending this much money. Lean on Matt, lean on the team understand what it is that you can do better, how you can be better, faster, stronger, ultimately how you can save some money. Stop overspending, stop overpaying, be more strategic with everything that you're doing because ultimately we want applications and we want to close those open job orders, but we want to do so strategically at the right price point. And Matt and team are available to help and it's an, ex- an excellent offer uh, from him and the team. So reach out to Matt on LinkedIn or again, you can go to HaleyMarketing.com, go to the contact page, get a hold of our team of marketing educators to do so. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators and be sure you let them know that Insights sent you. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.